What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Florida Podcast. I'm your host, Amadeo Gracia, along with my partner, Chris Mayer. As always, we are live streaming on a plethora of YouTube channels and Twitter channels. We got the TPL YouTube channel, Flyers Fan Mania 93, TTP Sports, and a lot of Twitters. My Twitter, the Florida Pod Twitter, TPL's Twitter, and Chris's Twitter. So if somehow you don't watch us live, I don't, I don't know how it's not impossible. So If you don't catch it live, you tune in late. It's always going to be up on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts at. So, Flyers played a couple of games. It's been very electric. They're off to a 1-0-1 start. Three points in their first two games. A loss on the home opener to the Vancouver Canucks. And a really just dominant performance over the Seattle Kraken. Welcome back, Dave Hackstall. As the Flyers crushed them 6-1. My goodness. The fans in the arena just oh, just hate Dave Hackstall, and it was very fun to enjoy that. <laughs> and just all the bunch of NHL action going across. There's so many things to talk about with this Flyers team in the first two games, storylines and stuff, even going into tomorrow night's matchup against the Boston Bruins, TNT, your first regular season national television matchup on the new networks. So you got TNT, the main crew is going to be there. Kenny Alberg, Eddie Olchek, and Keith Jones on the call. So it's going to be exciting. Boston, it's a weird schedule for them, too. This is only going to be their second game played. So yeah. it's a it's a, it's a weird schedule. I, I know we complained about the Flyers being on the Friday, but imagine being Boston fans. Like, the season started on Tuesday last week. Yeah, you didn't, you didn't wait until Saturday. First game's on, until Saturday. Yeah. That's got to suck. And it's not even like an afternoon game. It's 7 o'clock. You just got to wait all day, play at night, and then you don't play until Wednesday. Yeah. I can't, I can't imagine, like, the uh, – like you're like waiting for so long and then like, mm. oh, you finally get your game. But then, oh, you have another three days off. I'm like, yeah. like, like, how well, are you supposed to like be? next week for the Flyers is Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday. It's like got a game tomorrow, Saturday against Florida and then uh, Edmonton on Wednesday night. And, and then you also get you the back to back. Yeah. yeah. And then you go Thursday, Vancouver, Saturday, Calgary. Thankfully, all those are 10 o'clock games. I actually don't mind. The ten o'clock games. Any like now that I'm older, I, I guess because as I stay up later, you know what I mean. Like when I was a kid, my dad he always used to say this thing. He'd be like, he'd be like, like, like pick your battles or something. Where like he'd tell me like one night just watch one period and then go to bed, which I hated, absolutely hated it. Right, but then like if say if it was like that, say they played a Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, it'd be like watch one period Wednesday. Two periods Thursday because next day's Friday, and then the whole game is Saturday. You know what I mean? So it was like, oh, I got like a, a each kind of thing as a kid, but now it's obviously different. But anyway, go ahead. Sorry, that's what I'll talk about. <laughs> Even though I want to continue talking about that point because I was just like, I was I was talking to Hunter Brody yesterday during the game, and I was just like, because we do stuff for Broads Media, and I was just like, 
a fucking course their first road games are in Western Canada. So that means 10 o'clock games, 1030 games that he texts. I'm just glad they get him out of the way. Yeah, he texts me right back. They have a roll Christmas break on the late ones. Yeah, he says, uh, make sure you drink your coffee for those games. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just, I'm just like, of course. (laughs) Of course it has. I mean, at least they get part of it out of the way. Like, I don't mind them either. But, like, sometimes, like, I'm, like, I'm in this, like, weird state where I can't, like, sometimes I can stay up until, like, 1, 2 a.m. Then sometimes I'm just, like, oh, my God, 12 a.m. I want to go to bed. I'm yeah. just, like, my my brain just, like, can't decide when it wants to stay up late or not. But hopefully it doesn't become to one of those situations during those next week's games. But we are not at next week. We are in the current day after a couple of matchups to start off the season. I think we'll be talking about more about the the Seattle game more just because of recency. We can t- bring up the home opener just because of how electric that was. Just uh, just atmosphere-wise, you have your first game back to start the season. It's basically the first time you feel a lot of normalcy just because it's a full crowd. You get everyone back in the stands. It's just that atmosphere, just getting Flyers hockey back. It's an exciting start for the season, just different expectations because it's a new group out there. And it was fun to watch. Regardless, like they came back, they got the point in overtime, and uh, yeah, you did have a terrible second period, but there were a lot of good things sprinkled in air as well. Yeah, so there's a lot of good we things to talk about. That we're game. in attendance, like we mentioned. Yes, we were also show, in attendance and... for yesterday's game too. Yeah, the two of us were. Yeah, and I, I was sitting on the, the that platform. And I'm like, Amadeo, look at me, and I because... texted you. I'm like, dude, I'm like. And I literally looked at you, you were on your phone, and then put it down. I'm like, did this dude not just like, like ignore my text? I'm just, I, I, because, my I was like, what a bum. I was like, this guy's just just like ignoring me. And I'm sitting there like looking like an idiot waving to you and your dad in the stands. And I'm like, how does this guy not see me? Because when I read the text message, you're like, look at the left platform. What the fuck is the left platform? I said, look <laughs> down, two sections over. No you, didn't. no, you didn't. You said the left platform. Yes. I have no the plat the wheel the wheelchair the wheelchair accessible platform. That's where my seat was. Oh. <laughs> okay. All in there. That big platform. Yes. <laughs> Two sections over to your left. Your left, Amadeo, not your right. Your left. I wasn't I wasn't looking to my right. I was okay, looking good. to the left. Good. I had no idea what the fucking platform was, but <laughs> hey, I, I saw you in the end, so it does all that matters. Okay. It's all right. Better better late better late than never. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't yeah, don't roll your eyes at me. <laughs> so, so just a lot of stuff to st- talk about as well. You got Claude Drew, Travis Konechny getting on the board to start the season, Joel Faraby as well. And the overtime, it was kind of boring because, you know, Vancouver decided to rag the puck the entire time. Carter Hart had to come up with some huge saves. And, you know, it's also sprinkled in, especially during that second period, just a bunch of unlucky bounces, a lot of plays where, yeah, Carter Hart and the defense needs to be better. The team just needs to be entirely better that entire second period. That was just a terrible period. But you bounce back, you get the point. It's all that matters in the end. Then you go to Monday's matchup, which was definitely anticipated because first matchup in franchise history with the Seattle Kraken and also a former, uh, I guess you want to call him enemy at this point, Dave Haxtall, coming to the uh, barn at the Wells Fargo Center. Big matchup there. And uh, the Flyers completely ran them out of the building after Seattle got to a a hot start. And then, you know, Carter Hart 
literally robbing Seattle on a couple of great chances, like on the breakaway by Don Scoy Donato got a chance. And you also got, I don't even know how Elber- Everly did not bury this. I think he flubbed on the puck, but got heart diving over like five miles to make the catch with his glove, just robbing Everly. And that basically just set the momentum in an entirely different direction, setting up that Claude Drew goal not that long after. And then yeah. just the, the fireworks just exploded after that Claude Drew goal. It was amazing. Got connecting with the goal. Got Broussard with the lucky bounce. Get all the stuff that's happening in the second period. Got Ryan Ellis getting his first goal as a flyer. You got Justin Braun out of all people scoring. And you got Joel Fairby on the board again in the third period. And one thing, and there's a many things that you could talk about in this game against Seattle. We'll get into some of the exciting stuff after because I want the more I look at these first two games, the more in love that I am getting with this Broussard, Farabee, and Cam Atkinson line. Just the way these guys have been playing yeah, in the first two I said, games. I said that too last night. They were they've been fantastic. Yeah, just yeah. yeah, just looking at the stats right now. You have Farabee, he's got four points in his first two games. He's a plus five. You got Derek Broussard, three points in the two games, plus four. You got Cam Atkinson, who has two points, a goal and an assist. He's a plus five as well. There's a bunch of flyers that are playing just well to start the season, but that line is one that really stands out. The first line's also been playing pretty good as well. It's good to see Travis connecting, finding the back of the net just to find his way to get that confidence back. I think that's really important for him to start the season, getting those first two goals. And always, when I look at Claude Giroux and his starts to the season, like it's always where when he has a really good season, he scores a goal in the first game. I'm trying to I'm trying to like think back because you go back to like the year I would I would say the, the 1718, right? Didn't yeah, he score seven, the opening goal that year? Yeah, he scored the opening goal that year. He scored the opening goal, I believe, against Boston. I think it was the first or the second goal in 2011-2012. And he went on to have that 90 plus point season then as well. Mm-hmm. I don't think he scored in 13-14 when he was nominated for the heart. He took a while to score that year, but usually he did. I, he didn't score until November that year. Yeah, I think it's it's usually like I found the pattern when Claude Giroux scores on the first end of the season, it's going to be a good year for him. That's why yeah, I, I remember it. that because I was at that game with my dad. Dude, the, that place went absolutely bonkers when he scored that goal mm-hmm. because it was like he wasn't playing bad. He just had the the shittiest luck I have ever seen. And then he just – he was fantastic that whole year. <laughs> yeah, just – yeah, Claude Drew, hopefully it's going to chalk up for another good season and his uh, getting into his mid-30s on the final year of his contract. He can definitely use a good season point-wise and just a good season overall for this team. But also getting Travis Konechny on the board, just the goal that he scored yesterday, just a great pass from Yandel and just honestly not the best defensive move from Seattle at the same time. Also, Philip Grubauer with the uh, not-so-good rebound that went right back to Konechny's stick. And he just buried it. <laughs> that was funny. You sent me that thing last night of Grubauer's record against the Flyers. He's two and five. Yeah. Now that's is that updated now? So he'd be two and six. I th- I think he was two and four originally. I think it would be updated to two and five. Okay. Yeah, because like I'm like I you know that's funny because I remember some of the games that he recently played. Uh, lit 2019-20. It was four nothing. I think or no, it was uh I think six three right. I think At it home. was um it was right after that it was that it was when I went it's when I was in Pittsburgh, remember? Could have been it could have been it was been. the I'm... day after the Penguins game. It was a Saturday yeah. night, it was back to back. Um and then Lumbaugh also... first initial goal. Then you also have the opening the home opener from seventeen eighteen where they won like eight mm-hmm. to two. Yeah. I'm just like 
Dave Haxtell, I think your first mistake was putting Grabauer in the net because his numbers are just bad against the Flyers in yeah. his career. But then again, I don't blame him yeah. because, like, you had the back to back today when they played the New right. Jersey. So, yeah. And they lost that game, too. They did. It's 4 2. They lost. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, that's. I yeah. I mean, they obviously, they probably, I would assume they play better tonight. Eh, um, I, I'm not sure. They were they down 2 nothing. I think. Might have been 3 nothing. Yeah, I think I they, were down, they, or... they were down two nothing at one point. But I think yeah. like the way they're playing right now, I think it's just like um like just a pattern of just playing on the road for way too long. Yeah. Thing. Their first home game is gonna be Saturday, so that's gonna be something much watched television there. Saturday yeah. night against Vancouver, especially. They seem like a team that's gonna be a good home team, like Vegas. I don't like I don't think they're gonna be as explosive. Like again, I think they're gonna make the playoffs because of the weak Vegas. division. Yeah. Because of weak division. I mean, unless someone surprises me, but Vegas and Edmonton look like the, the the neck and neck for that for that division. I don't know. LA LA has looked okay, I guess, but it is still very, very, very early in the season and who knows what happens with obviously injury and, and everything. So we'll see. But yeah, it's, it's, it's so early for Seattle too. I don't want to make uh, that like make it like they're, you know, going down already or anything like that. Uh, yeah, it, it's just nice to see when you're at the Wells Fargo Center and all the fans are chanting "F Dave Hackstall." It's just like that—that <laughs> that, that, that was a great time. The, the witness, you knew that right? was coming, right? Oh yeah, that was definitely coming. hundred percent. It's like you—you you have to throw in the "F Dave Hackstall" chant, and then there was a, a Crosby sucks chant, and then of course you know Philadelphia fans in general—they have to chant Eagles for some goddamn reason at every other sporting event. But there was a there was a bird chant last night. I I'm think glad, that, I'm glad I, I think, don't remember it. I think it was very minor. It was like very. It was like you could definitely tell they were chanting it, but it definitely didn't overpower the crowd or anything like that. It is the most aggravating thing when that team is. I don't even know the Eagles' record because I don't give a shit. What are they? Two and four. Two and three. Two and four. Around two that. And, yeah. Like why? I, I don't understand. Yeah, it's, I, it's, I, I would. Un, I get it if it's a. Like if the Flyers are having a bad year or something, and the Eagles are really good. But the Eagles are probably or arguably right now one of the worst teams in Philly. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's a football city. It's, that's why. it's so old. It is so old, dude. I can I can't stand it. It's it's a fo- it's a football city. That's basically why it's gonna happen. I get it, but like, it, I just think it's stupid. Like, there's there's just no point. Like, you're at a Flyers game. No, nobody can unless the Eagles are playing that night or something. The only time I ever did an Eagles chant in a game was the night I went to a Flyers Devils game in Jersey. And it was the night the Eagles beat the Falcons in the uh, divisional round mm-hmm. to go to play Minnesota in the championship, uh, the NFC championship game, the year they won the Super Bowl. That's it. That was the only time. And the only reason I did it then was because I was like, holy shit, they won. Like, I didn't think they were going to win. And they ended up winning. But that literally was the only time that I have ever done. I, I, I seriously, I think it's the stupidest thing. You got Steven saying Eagles chants are the best when they're done on the road. Yeah, I'm I'm fine when they're done on the road, but it's just like when you're at a Phillies game where you had a Sixers game, when you're at a Flyers game, I I I, I don't need to hear an Eagles chant. Like I'm trying to focus exactly. on the game. Exactly. Like nobody <laughs> like nobody cares. Like just stop. Yeah, that's that's the entire thing. And I think um to get off the Eagles chants for a little bit. I think the other exciting thing is what represents our background. If you're watching this on YouTube, you see the uh, the, the good old what Nick Sealer. Trying to you know pump up the crowd after you know for some reason Nathan Bastion went after Claude Giroux I guess to try to spark the cracking up but it's just like what I love about that is that 
he goes after Drew. Drew steps up for himself, but then basically the other team just yeah, like no, no fashion. TK, Katoria, like, the defenseman, I think, who was on the ice. And then Nate uh, Thompson, the beauty Thompson. right there. Mm-hmm. Was, was St- Sealer goes and, and after and, him. And you know, you know what the good thing about that too is like all this physicality is without Patrick Brown, Rasmus Ristolainen, and Zach McEwen. Yeah. Yes. The three guys that you picked up, you know, McEwen and Brown being for more physicality, McEwen being, you know, you know, six three, two oh five, and Ristolainen obviously being one of your biggest defensemen, you know, physicality and in front of the net is one of the biggest reasons why you got him. Like, dude. Um, well, I, I'm if I'm being serious, I think the for tomorrow, I think the Flyers can obviously the Flyers can win this game. I mean, any game is winnable. Um, but I think one of the biggest things that they have going for them right now is a playing as a team and B their second and third line depth. Yes. It, it's, it's been huge. And in, in the first two games, it, it's shown a lot. Um, and that's one thing a lot of Bruins fans and people I've talked to about Boston, like it's been one of their biggest issues. And obviously it wasn't the playoffs, but like they had guys struggle with that. And obviously no David Krejci anymore. Um, so that's obviously, you know, from Bergeron to Coyle is a lot different than Bergeron to Krejci. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and they really need point, like a guy like a Jake DeBrus to step up this year. Yeah. After he really hasn't, I guess, right. de- developed, I guess, the right yeah. way. But again, I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat it. Like the Bruins always play well against the Flyers. And, uh, you know, obviously they've had, they had their moments. And last year, the, uh, the game that they ended up coming back in a couple minutes there, Lake Tahoe, I, I don't even, I, I don't even fucking count that. Um, you know, a couple games on the road there where they got absolutely smacked uh, because the Flyers just played like a peewee team last year, as we all know. But um, the game, the game where you were actually winning in the third period, but then you took so many penalties and you cost the game in overtime. As yeah, well. mm-hmm. yeah that that was the game that the, that was actually the first game they wore the reverse retro and they gave up a goal with like twelve seconds into it. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is great. This is so fun. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, tomorrow, it's on national television. It's one of two games on tomorrow night. You you want to show a good impression, and it's a good test for them. It's easily the hardest game of this homestand, um, you know, team-wise and matchup-wise. And, you know, again, the Bruins always play well. So, again, I, I think it's, again, it's a good test for the Flyers, and that's the thing. If, if they're able to come out of it and play a good game, even if they lose, but if they play a good game, can you i mean i guess we're gonna obviously have to wait until you know how the game goes but again if if we're able to get points out of this homestand if you've already you've already gotten three of a possible four in the first two if you can end it well um if they were to lose tomorrow and win saturday i think that'd be pretty good for the homestand but um i'm curious you know i want to ask you this since i'm kind of going off here are you like pissed or like annoyed that jones is in that because i feel like there's like a mixed like emotion, I'm not either, and here's why. Kevin Weeks brought up a good point from tonight's game for Florida against Tampa, and it's kind of the similar situation with the Panthers with Bobrovsky because he's played well. Then you also have Spencer Knight, who could be a Calder candidate and everything. He said you want to keep them fresh. You know, you, you, even if one guy's playing well, you still want to keep the other guy in the zone. You know what I mean yes. for playing games. That's the biggest thing. I think this is more of a long-term thing if you think about it because you can't have Jones have his first game of the year coming on the road 
in, in a back or Edmonton. Yeah, you, if you thought Hart was getting all four of these home games, I, I really don't know what to tell you. Like, regardless of how good he played, I think, you know, Hart was fantastic last night. You know, the one goal really wasn't his fault. He, had, he made the saves when he could. Obviously, he had a handful of good ones. Looked completely locked in. If I'm being honest with you, I'd rather have him not, you know, I, I would rather have, like, I'm more comfortable with Hart in net versus Florida than I am Jones. Because I personally think Florida's better than Boston this year. And as of right now, they're they're three and now they're playing good hockey. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I yeah, just wanted to get your thoughts too. It's not even like the downgrade Boston. Boston is still they're definitely not the same team that they were last year because they have lost a lot of pieces, like a big one including David Krejci. But they're still they still have the perfection line posture. Not Marsh John Bergeron. That's always going to be a threat. They still have guys like Charlie McAvoy. Yeah, yeah their goaltending is going to be a little bit of a question mark because especially you don't if have, Swayman's in that tomorrow. Yeah, Swayman or Olmark, and you don't have a guy like Tuka Rask until halfway through the season. Right. And Swayman's they're, a guy who's played well against the Flyers in really every game he's played. Yeah. So you don't you don't know who really they're going to who started in the first game was it Olmark or was it Swayman for Boston? Uh, I believe it was Olmark. Okay. Yes, I th- I do think in this little like I guess time span they will go just Olmark just because it is the second game of the season. But going back to your talk about the goaltenders and just yeah, Hart was not going to start every game at home and on this road on this home stand. It just wasn't going to be. And also to bring up to your point as well, that no, you don't want to start Jones. It was Swayman. Wow. Swayman. So um, you don't want to start Martin Jones in his first game next week where you start the season on a Friday and then his first game won't be until like a week and a half later on a road trip. You don't want him, want him to do that. And especially uh, talking about like keeping your goalies fresh from when they were talking about the way the season was going to be because now you have the Olympic break to factor in going into February and especially with the Flyers having one of the more back-to-back heavy schedules this year, especially after the Olympic break, Martin Jones, Carter Hart, they're both have, going to have to be fresh. You're probably going to see at least a 65 to 35 or a 60, 40 split this year. I know people are not going to want to see that because they are afraid of what Martin Jones is going to be this year, but you're, this is the reality that you're in. Martin Jones is going to have to play games. It's just, Right now, you people are afraid to put Martin Jones in because of his numbers, because of his background, and that's why they're afraid he's starting tomorrow, especially against a team like Boston. But Jones yeah. was going to have to play the game eventually, and tomorrow is the game that he's going to have to play. Simple as that. Yeah, you can't you can't you can't just not start him because you're afraid that he's, he's going to play this year. Like yeah, like Jones is an NHL caliber goaltender. I'm not yeah. like he was on the San Jose Sharks. Who completely dipped? Like, if you're gonna give Ristolainen credit, you got to give Jones credit too. You know what I mean? If you're gonna say, "Oh, yeah. Ristolainen was on Buffalo," you got to say, "Okay, Jones was on San Jose." You know what I mean? His play went down with San Jose's. So again, I mean, he he was one of the biggest reasons why they went to the Cup final in 2016. Obviously, that's five years ago, but still. He's he's, yeah. he's done it before, and I'm I'm confident he could do it again. You just gotta give him a chance. Yeah, I, I thought in the some, game uh, he played against the Capitals, he he played well in the preseason. Yeah, I'm, game. I'm, I I can see some uh, Martin Jones hate. In the, I got Renee saying he doesn't like Martin Jones. Steven says, uh, I see Jones just flaming out during this season. I'm just like, I understand the chance, man. Like I understand two games are... of eighty, and everybody's like shit on the backup goalie. It's like I, come I, on. I, 
Yeah, I know people are they're worried about his numbers, they're worried about his track record. That's basically the entire yeah. thing. Here you go, Chris, right here. He's got the experience. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. He's hey, done Chris, it before. How, how you doing, Chris? Thank you for joining the uh the channel. <laughs> it's funny because I know you you're you're Chris. I know I know too many Chris's, man. There's there's just like so many that I know. I know you, I know this yeah. Chris. There's like I might have so to just Chris. stop talking to you. <laughs> might have to just cancel the podcast now. Oh boy. <laughs> Yeah, we definitely have to cancel the podcast upcoming just because there's too many Chris's in the world. Oh, my. And I'm trying to think about just going in this upcoming schedule as well. You got most like hearts definitely going to be starting on Saturday and even going into tomorrow's game. So if Ristolina does play tomorrow, who gets benched on the defense? Is it going to be Sealer after what he did on Monday? I'm, ass- I'm assuming he's the guy. That's going yeah, to get the, benched. The, I actually wrote an article on this on my site today. Um so essentially, the Lions and everything, um, they added McEwen to the roster, to the active roster, because his visa thing was good, and he's now in Philadelphia. Um, Risto looks like he's going to make his debut. The per Bill Meltzer, the fourth defensive pair today in practice was Sealer and Max Wilman. So they didn't even have him with the defenseman. So I'm assuming that he's that Risto is going to be in tomorrow. He took reps today with Sanheim. Um. And my guess for these lines, again, not official, just my guess, would be Jeruk, Terry, Konechny, Farabee, Broussard, Atkinson, Lindblom, Lawton, JVR, McEwen, Thompson, Albert, Goodbell. Really no change on the offense. McEwen comes in for Wilman. That's it. Uh, Provi, Ellis, Sanheim, Risto, Yandel, Braun, Jones, and Nett. I mean, it's yeah, essentially what... like these very close to the same roster. Wilman, Joel, not Millman. Wilman. Did I say <laughs> Wilman or Millman? He said Wilman. Okay, good. I was gonna say Max Wilman is, yeah. Yeah, you 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 said Wilman. You said yeah. Wilman. <laughs> uh, Mason Millman is not even on an ELC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and I'm trying to think about that too. Is because if people like were like what Nick Sealer did yesterday in the game, just trying to pump up the crowd, going after Alexiak and just like basically screaming at everyone going into the penalty box. Like, like he he won the hearts of Flyers fans right there. Just imagine what McEwen's going to do probably in his first game. Uh, hopefully he runs over Marshawn if he ever gets the chance. Maybe that'll get <laughs> – if he runs over Marshawn, that, that'll probably win him a book in the NHL. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the hearts are there. <laughs> that, that'll be yeah. – yeah, Joel, it's uh, – there were – the Flyers didn't call up another defenseman, so they're probably just doing the extra just, attack. Yeah, it was there. just for practice. They just had him run with Sealer just for the drills. They they did it before uh, in one of the rookie games. They had Matthew Strom took place for Hogberg when he had gotten hurt. So he they had like they've done it before. It, it's just for just to have the drill. It's really nothing for anything like that. Um, <laughs> the the great comment from Jason saying Flyers legend Nick Sealer. Yeah, put him in exactly. the Raptors already. Put him in the Flyers um, Hall of Fame, everything. Nick Sealer is a legend. And it's funny, too, like when you're seeing these first two games, especially like even in the preseason, too, like this team has edge in them. This team has spunk. They have swagger. Yeah. And it's only been two games, but you can definitely it, tell. It's two games and they're playing for each other. Yeah. They like, have this mentality. There were more fights in last yeah. night's game than there were probably the entire season last year. There, there was like what? Maybe a couple. Three last year. They didn't have their first fight. I, I, I legitimately play. remember one, Morin, against the Islanders, which I think was Ross Johnston. I think that's we all the had a fight one. last year, too. Albie Cabell, you said? 
I think Lawton had one last year. I'm not well, entirely I remember, sure. I think he did. Didn't Limblom have one? Which I think he tried off? to. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was when they tried to go after I think Drew or something. It was yeah. that, or it was the Patrick. And then the, there was a scrum when someone went after Patty. There wasn't a fight. There was a scrum. Yeah, Limblom also had a fight last year. Yeah, Jason yeah. brought that up. But like just, again, like. Like I'm, tr- I'm trying to pencil last year out of my mind. Like that, exactly. that last was just like it's so forgettable. I'm just trying to erase that from my memory. And yeah. just the fact that they're going, they're already going into this season. Like Nate Thompson, Nick Seal, they brought this up yesterday. They touched our captain. We're not letting that happen. <laughs> you touched Claude Giroux. You were going to get hurt. Like th- that is, ba- they're stepping up for their teammates. They're stepping up for their captain, and that's what happened. I love it. And the fans love it. And you also got a Joel saying fair be throwing hands. <laughs> last year didn't happen. That's yes, funny. last year did not happen. We'll we'll bring that up. La- just race it from your minds, everyone. Last year did not it's happen. <laughs> we have become the team the team hardest to play against in the third period. That was 2019-20 trademark. Yeah, Steven, I've seen a couple of your comments talking about you want the depth, hopefully this year, to replicate what they did in 2019-20. And just... I think it's it's not going to be the same as 2019 20. Like that team, like, yeah, they played physical, but they didn't have, I guess, many of these gritty guys. Like they still played physical. They still stepped up for, I think, this year, especially from what Chuck Fletcher brought in this year, the leadership and just all these other different types of players. They're definitely going to be a lot more physical this year and they're going to be a lot more, yeah. you know, stepping up for Because that was something they, they didn't have in the playoffs. Yeah. Like the, it was one of the biggest reasons why they lost the Islanders. They had way too many turnovers. And why they got, even though they beat the Montreal Canadiens, they still had a little trouble against them yeah, because physicality rise. Yeah. But but skill was the reason that they beat Montreal and, and goaltending. Yes. Hart yeah. shutting them out in two games also helped. <laughs> yeah. And, and I love how they, everybody was like, uh, you know, that Montreal should have won. I'm not giving them up, dude. It's it's not happening. Like, No. He, I literally, when he, we were doing the draft and I was like, I'm taking Farabee and I knew he was there. I'm like, I'm taking him. I'm like, I'm taking, he's like, I need him. I'm like, that sucks. I'm like, you had many other picks. Tough shit. Yeah. Jason saying Montreal's a dumpster yeah, fire. Oh, right? Oh, and four to start the season. Oh yeah. They're, yeah, not, yeah. they're not doing good. You got, you also got what Chris saying that shit Chris, over there. I'm going to hold you to this, Chris. He thinks the Flyers are going to do big things this season. Consistency is the key to that. It is definitely true. For it, sure. This team, needs, this team needs to be consistent. And this team, I don't think they're going to go on, like, the major hot streak that they did in 1920. I don't think – like, this I is the type of team of where – a small ones, though. Yeah. Like, a lot of, like, four, five, maybe a six. Yeah, they're, they're going to have their ups. They're going to have their downs. But that's what Chuck Fletcher brought in this leadership for, to get That those. was the biggest thing about the 1920 team was that they – when they had their slump, they had it. They played like absolute shit, and they, and got, they out got out of it, of it quick. Yes. You know what I mean? They had a home game. They used it to their advantage. They won, and then they went right back to playing the way that they could, and they ended up, you know, because for a while there, they were touch and go on the road, and then they got better. And, yeah. you know, obviously everybody knows how the rest of the season went, but – yeah, that's what adding all this leadership does when you get into those bad moments of the season. And that's going to happen. It's an 82-game season for a reason. And it's going to happen. You're going to go through your down stretches. That's why you have guys like Cam Atkinson, guys like Broussard, guys like Yandel, guys like Ristolainen, guys that have been just leaderships on different types of teams. 
guys that have been through it, guys that can help you get out of those downspurts for when last year happened. You got in that one downspurt and it just spiraled out of control for the rest of the season. Yeah. So all this different leadership, you got it. It's going to help you get through it. And we got a question from Steven right here saying, is York most likely a January call-up? I see York playing majority of the season down in Lehigh Valley. I, he'll most likely be a call-up if he's just playing way too well to be down in Lehigh Valley or most likely for injury reasons. It's, it's, I think it's injury. That's, I think that's the only reason. If the Flyers are playing well, yes. they're not going to – if Yandel is playing well, if Braun's playing well, like they, they, they're just not going to do it. Because there's no point. Like If York's going to come up here and not play, no, nah, I'm sorry. I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do Marner from Farabee. I can't. I can't. I know I know Marner is a great player, and it's something against him. I, I don't want to give up Farabee. He, he yeah. puts up too many points. He's put up five points in two games. I, I can't do it. Yeah, for people that are listening to this on the uh, Apple, Spotify, everywhere else, that um, for when you're not live, uh, Chris and Joel are talking about their fantasy hockey team, and the, he wants uh, Chris to give up Joel Farabee. <laughs> yeah, it's not happening. No way. I can't do how it. About, I can't. How about the elite goal, <laughs> goaltending tandem in Seattle? <laughs> yeah. Then uh, Jason also brings up don't rush York. Yeah, that's also one important thing. Just don't rush him. Come, he comes up when he's ready. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. I think it just plays like away from the puck. They might want to, you know, keep a look at too, like things that, you know, it, it's nothing crazy. It's things that you develop over time. Yeah. I, I really don't see any flaws with York. Frost, on the other hand, getting benched against Hershey and that whole Ooh. debacle. And yeah, and there was a there was one question in the beginning of the podcast that I wanted to bring up until we got the Frost conversation. He got from a rancher saying that he's hoping yeah, Frost isn't a bust. He bought all the rookie cards. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, look, Frost, I, I mean, listen, I get it. You want him to be better. Frost to me, again, I said it in the preseason, and I said it down, and he, I even said it when he was down in Lehigh Valley. He was up here in the preseason. He was invisible one game, great offensively another game, and he was, you know, essentially just okay in the other game, right? He goes down to Lehigh Valley. What's he do? First game lights it up, like, what, three-point game. He's great offensively, everything. Next game, completely invisible. Like you He's not, have he hasn't to, been consistent. No, he has not played consistent hockey. And like, look, it's nothing like against him or what he does. Like, I get it. He looks bigger. I'm telling you, like literally when you walk into the media room, he looks bigger. He does, but he does not play like it consistently. And he has to play like that. Like I want him to be noticeable to where legitimately every time that I don't have to say it when he is. I wanted to just be able to watch the game and be like, oh, nice play by Frost. You know what I mean? Like he he shows it himself. Here we go. Here's a good play by Frost. You know what I mean? Like I want to be able to just him to do it without me having to like make it like it's some big of a deal that he's involved. Yeah, you, you know? don't you, you don't want to like have to like find a way just to like find this like specific play that frosted you. Like you wanted to yeah. make it noticeable mm-hmm. like throughout an entire game consistently. Like and he again, does it for a two to three game stretch, even. Yeah. And it's more away from the it's more away from the puck, face-offs, 50-50 battles. It's nothing like it's not that he doesn't have the skill or the drive or the work ethic. I'm not gonna sit here and say he doesn't have the work ethic. I don't know him personally, so who knows? You know, that that's that's not where I'm gonna comment on that. But I do think he has the skill. I do think he has the drive to do it and he has to find a way to get it out. Yeah, exactly. And I think he could he can seriously do some damage in this league if he does that i mean it's not like he doesn't have 20 20 games under his belt for nothing you know what i mean 
like yeah and you're at the point where it's like now like you know could you could you move them who knows you know yeah i'm, tr- you, I'm trying to like could. like i'm trying I don't to think, think they of will. the entire thing because like yeah I'm, I'm disappointed like most people i wish like i know like also unlucky on frost part just because of injury and everything right like that. and obviously that's the biggest the thing way. injury yeah like i like I, I'm disappointed. Like I most people, that Frost like really hasn't like jumped in and earned that spot like he was supposed to, because yeah. it's just like like yeah, injury becomes unlucky. But like also to your point, Chris, like it's just the inconsistencies that he has in each game. One right. game he's very noticeable. One game he's insanely quiet to where you have to find that one like right. specific detail that he did good in one single game. Uh-huh. And like also to that point, if that continues to happen, I could honestly see Frost getting moved for something. Yeah. Possible. And it's not like I want to trade him, but it's the yeah. fact like he's a 2017 first round pick at 22 years old and he had a full year injury. You know, it's like in that to his credit, it's like, you know, I just played a full year with surgery and everything else. And, you know, then again, he still haven't really shown much. So what do you do? You know, so I again, I, I don't think the Flyers are going to move him. I'm just saying. It's a hockey thing, and it could happen, but I, do, I don't think it will. I think it's very slim if he gets moved. Um, yeah. And, and, the and only, I God. Yeah, the only the only way I think he gets moved if it just continues to happen, like the inconsistencies and the Flyers just see like, okay, I we don't see a point where he might go into this team's success down the road. Let's trade him for something that can help the roster right now, and we'll – give him to another team to see if they can unlock his potential like a team that's not going to be contending for a little bit he could be on the nhl roster consistently work out the kinks and everything that's the only that's the only way i see it happening if he he just remains inconsistency yeah pull up that comment the the thing that the reason he did it it's sending a message it's not it's not a like uh obviously everybody knows what frost can do but think about it, like, 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 think about it from the the England Perrier's like standpoint. And this is what I, I had learned the other night with I was talking with Craig Eagles. He was like, "It's a new coach, you know. He's a new guy in the system, and like, he's not obviously he's not going to show them that he'll do anything to put them out there. Like, he's he wants to. It's not like Le Perrier wants to show that your development is more important than winning hockey games." Because the reason I was annoyed about it was the fact that you had a six-on-three in the final minute of, a, of the game, down by one goal with the empty net, and a five-on-three power play off of a delay game penalty, by the way, which is a very unlucky penalty, and Morgan Frost was not out there. That's where I'm like, why was he not out there? Like, I, I personally thought it was overkill. He didn't see a shift. From my eyes, it was past at the 12-minute mark was the last time around that when I noticed it. I don't know if it was the full period or what. But around the 12 minute mark of the third was when I noticed it. So I'm not gonna, you know, obviously we don't I don't think it was an attitude issue or anything like that. I think LaPerriere is just sending a message that he needs more from Frost. And again, I think Frost knows that. But yeah, I guess. I mean, if 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 that's the way you want to look, I mean, yeah, I mean. Maybe I, I don't necessarily think it was just like if you don't want to play defense, you're not going to play at all. You know what I mean? So I, I think at that point, it's like if he doesn't have any, if he's not doing anything to help the team and other guys are playing better, then you know, 
but again, I think it's just more of the, of to send a message than it is anything else. A oh, yeah, quick uh, side topic. I just I'm watching the uh, ALCS game between the Astros and the uh, Red Sox, and it's the top of the eighth, and Altuve just hit a bomb over the monster seats to tie the game. So now it's two two. I just wanted to bring that up just because. <laughs> And also just the fact I know Chris is rooting for Boston in this series. That's why. Yeah, I, I hate Houston, so <laughs> they're cheaters, man. And I, I actually don't mind the Sox, to be honest with you. Yeah, I just, I just wanted to because I just like he he fucking murdered that ball over the monsters. I was just like, like I tried to hold in like my reaction. Like if you just saw me staring into the corner over here. I saw you I'm looking just, and I was like, this dude's watching I'm baseball. Like, I'm just like staring at my television. That's all in the corner. Altuve. Yeah, pitch pitch hanging right down the middle. He crushed it. <laughs> he, got, he got Ed saying, let's go socks. <laughs> uh, yeah, baseball, postseason baseball, good times all, all around. But we are in the hockey mode. And yeah, Frost, it's just, I guess for him, like I know what I saw Ed also post on here saying that he's not fully sold on Frost. I don't think it's the fact for me that I'm not sold on him. It's the fact that, okay, he he still just needs to prove himself. Like I'm not in fully sold on him either, but he just, he needs to prove it to me. He needs to prove it to everyone on the flyers roster. He needs to prove it to you, Chris. He just needs to find that consistency in his game. Basically it's the same thing. Like one game you got to, you can't do these one game stretches where you're consistently, then you're inconsistent. You're showing something. You're not showing something like something has to give like Joel, either. Joel, it was not just, just him having an off game. He legitimately did nothing in that game. Like he was that bad. He he he's invisible out there most of the time, and when you're not providing a spark and you're the best player and you legitimately are the best player on the ice and you should be killing it down there and putting up points. Dress. I mean, Farabee literally played one game down there, one, and he was called back up. And it wasn't the fact that he scored once; it was the fact that he legitimately was played like he was better than everybody else, and that's exactly what Frost needs to do and he has to prove exactly he has to prove himself that he can do it consistently. We know we can do it. It's just do it more of the time. So he thinks it's an effort issue with Frost. Like yeah, I I would assume it is an effort issue. It could like, be. I don't, I, maybe yeah. it is. I don't know. Again, I don't know him like that to say his effort is bad or, you know, his work ethic. I, I like people will comment on his him not staying in Philadelphia which I personally think is the stupidest thing in the world. Who gives a shit where the guy goes to work out or to do his off-season training, any of that stuff? Tyson Forster and Travis Sanheim are two guys that both were like family, like had a farm and everything. I, I could care less where a guy goes yeah. and works out. And Connecty that goes back home. Drew, Drew goes back home every year, and no yeah. one complains about that. Right. I, 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 could, I could legitimately care less where he goes to work out. Exactly. If he got bigger, that's great. Use it to your advantage now. Don't yeah, so, don't, uh, don't like I know again, I know we're you know really <laughs> hammering the 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 nail in here, but like just do it consistently. That's all that's all I want to say. Yeah, so we got a question from Cameron here uh, getting off the frost topic. So he says, What's going on with the uh, with a uh, wisdom? I heard that he's making some noise. So uh, in the offseason, he had surgery, so he's going to miss some time. But, yeah, definitely when he was playing down in Lehigh Valley, he was – at the start of the season, he was playing really good. He had a really solid season down for Lehigh Valley, and he was one of those guys, including Forrester, that deserved that he 
had a shot to play in the AHL again. And that's why some teams really pitched in for the uh, juniors that played in the AHL last season to continue playing with the uh, AHL team. So th- those guys like Forrest or guys like Wisdom, they're going to be down with the Phantoms as well. And also just for even guys like Tyson Forrest or like even going back on the Cam York topic because like, yeah, York, most likely he'll just be a guy that gets called up for injury. But it's like going back to don't rush York. You don't have to rush Forrester. Forrester is still young. He's not even tw- – he's, I think, just turning 20 or not even 20 yet, and he's already playing down in the AHL. I don't think you have to rush him more than anything else. He was basically rushed into the AHL because the junior season wasn't playing. So Damn. him being down in the AHL, that's more than enough for his development. He'll come up when he's ready and if he proves himself to be ready. So – and same thing goes for Wisdom, same thing goes for York, same thing goes for Zamula, who just got sent down to the Phantoms getting called off the injury list. So yeah. that's going to be big for him and the Phantoms down there. Mm-hmm. So your big defensemen to watch out down there in Lehigh Valley are definitely guys like guys like uh, York, guys like Zamula, guys like Hogberg, if you want to look at that. So there's a bunch of stuff. Yeah, Bobby Brink, he's still going to be playing in college this year. So he hasn't signed his ELC yet. I would assume if he has a good season, I would think he would sign it, his ELC, yeah. go play with the fans next year, possibly. University of Denver. I, I, I think he would finish his I think he I think he'll finish at college. I think he'll do think what he finishes. does. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that yeah, I don't think Bobby Brink's gonna be signing. He'll probably he'll most likely sign this year or the end of next season. So he'll be on the team in a matter of time. And then Ed brings up that Brink's had a couple good games. So yeah, Ed far. brings up that uh, uh, Frost reminds him of Patrick. You can all you can say all you want that it was a migraine. He thinks the lack of effort and no desire, no spark. He was glad to see Patrick go. I mean, player, there are definitely players that have that skill set, but some just don't show it enough or just don't give all that effort. I know Patrick. Yes, he had the migraine situation. It just got to a situation where the Flyers had to move him, and they improved their roster because of that. Like I really don't want to get into the Patrick situation that much because. Like, like there, yeah, there are definitely. I have my he's, own. He's not on the team anymore, and yeah, it doesn't really know. matter at this point. It's nothing against like your point or your question. Yeah. It's just I just don't want to talk about Nolan Patrick anymore. <laughs> I, I've I've beaten that horse to death it's, constantly. It's, it's, it's like like I, I like I'm I know like comparing to like to this situation is stupid, but it's nowhere to the level of this situation. But with the whole Ben Simmons stuff with the Sixers, it's just no. like that. That's but, like the Sixers start tomorrow. And I completely forgot about that because of all this Ben Simmons stuff. That's I, I, I completely really forgot about. Regular season starting. Yeah, they started today. Yeah, and I'm just like the Sixers. Oh my god, all this like all this Ben Simmons stuff. What he's doing in practice, it's it's sad. It's absolutely sad what he's doing like for, to this team. It's and like what Joel Embiid said in the press conference today. Like basically, that, that's the perfect thing. And like I don't like I know like people are interpreting it two different ways. Like they're interpreting it two different ways. Like he said, like. I honestly don't care about hit the man or like, I honestly don't care, man. Like what a comma in between like, like, yeah, but you're, you're not there to babysit. You're there. He to said, win I, he, he, You can clearly tell. He said, I don't care about the man. <laughs> like, come on. That's, a th- that's the thing. It, like p- people are interpreting it two different ways. Like you, yeah. like you like, you don't clearly know what it like. I, it's, it's Joel. So so, it, <laughs> yeah. It's, so it, it's just a, yeah. I think that situation, like, I think summarizes it's itself. So even going to, I'm trying to think of, there was a question in one of the comments section that 
it was a little off topic, but it was something to, uh, you know, nice to talk about. Cole brings up, uh, what is your guy's favorite Flyers jerseys? I just got my reverse retro. I like my stadium series more. But have I, I have seen the Winter Classic and the 50th anniversary, and they were both great. You thought the 50th anniversary jersey was great? Like, not, not, I'm not trying to judge, like, your opinion, but, like, I feel like like the 50th anniversary jersey, yeah, it's a, it's a knockoff one, but, like, it's nice to have. And, the, like, it's one of those ugly jerseys, I guess, that you have to have in your collection if you're a Flyers fan, but it's not that good. I didn't mind it because they didn't wear it much. Yeah, that's all for that, you know? but. Like it's not that it's not that I didn't like I didn't like it. Don't get me wrong. Like it, I I hated the gold and the color scheme, but I knew every team that year was doing gold. Um, I don't even think the Penguins had a specific jersey. It was just their home jersey had the patch. That was it. I know the Kings had gold in theirs with the the gray. Buffalo had their their fiftieth anniversary a couple of years ago. I'm sure, I think St. Um, Louis didn't. St. Louis did not have one. I don't think so. When they did their 50th anniversary, <laughs> Adam Silver needs to get the Sixers a refund. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, he, he was fined like what 1.4 million or something. I think and so. A bunch of others like smaller fines for missing like camp and like the workouts and stuff. And then today he was supposed to speak to the media, but he didn't really do anything in practice, and and uh, <laughs> they were forced to kick him out. They were forced to kick him out. <laughs> I'm just, like Doc, I, I feel bad for Doc Rivers there. Just having to do that, but also just to go back on, I brought up the wrong comment from uh, from Cole there, but talking about the uh, the jerseys and I guess our favorite ones. I'm trying to think of like like all the Flyers jerseys in their history. There's really not that many. I I guess it's the 2012 Winter Classic. I think that's probably the most creative Flyers jersey they've ever had. My my favorite ones are Reverse Retro. I mean, from the ones that I have watched from that they've used, it's been the home. The Away, the Black Alternate, the 50th Anniversary, the Winter Classic, and the Reverse Retro. That's it. Those are really the only jerseys, um, unless you're counting like warm-up. I don't know if people count warm-up jerseys, but I personally don't. Um, like the Hockey Fights Cancer, like St. Patrick's Day. Um, yeah. Or the Army jerseys. Yeah. But yeah, I, I would say the Reverse Retro, just because I love the 90 jersey and they'll never go back to it. Um and that I, was I, the closest thing. That's the closest thing we'll ever get to it. Yeah, I, I really hope they do because I think um, Adidas is going to do another. I think it is rumored they're going to do like another. And I'm not sure if it's going to be like a reverse retro collection didn't or something. One of, didn't one of your tweets say the Penguins got new alts? That's the thing. I, I'm not retro? sure if it's true because it's like a a Penguins website that has like their jersey history, and for some reason it had that jersey as a list of their alternate for this year. I'm not sure if it's true. Like if if you people that uh like no aesthetics like the big they're a big hockey jersey website they do all, a bunch of leaks and stuff like that they even said like they're not even sure if this like you can trust like that website so it's not it's a thing that you gotta like brush under until the penguins officially now they are getting an alternate this year but i'm sure i'm not sure if it's going to be that if it is that like you that uh it's the 90s jersey with the pittsburgh across the di- the diagonal across it's the black version with lumia war I feel like if they bring it's a nice jersey, but if they bring that back, I feel like it's a letdown just because I, I like the Robo Penguin. Speaking of this, and I was thinking about it the other day, did the Flyers give out the promotional schedule? Not the promotional schedule, the third jersey schedule, the alternate no. schedule. No. So we don't know when they're wearing that. No, I. They usually just wear them on Saturdays, from what I see. I think they're more like they have like the occasional road game they wear it too. They do. They do. I think that the alternate jersey, from what I've seen over the patterns of the past couple of seasons, they're more like a weekend jersey at home, like Saturday game, 
whenever, mm-hmm. or like the occasional it seems like they play a lot of afternoon games. Yeah, or they play like the, the occasional Wednesday night game. They wear the black jerseys on national yeah. television. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be I'm trying to think more tomorrow. <laughs> Ed, Ed brings up uh, what's the jersey that he hates. He so hates I guess you the, know the uh the the chrome logo the the uh, the 3D the 3D yeah, jersey 3D yeah. jersey yeah he hates that one the one that i'm supposed to get off of you if i get off my <laughs> my duff <laughs> yeah the, yeah the 3D logo jersey is definitely ugly but it's just like i blank? grew up with yes it's blank it's blank yes it's blank did you did you ever get one with a player i used to have one when i was a kid it was a forsberg jersey when i was a nice. kid but but the one I have now, I still have the Forsberg jersey. It's like one in one of those like zip up bags. It's like the jersey doesn't fit me. I'll probably tear it up if I put it on. Um, it's I still have I, my first ever Flyers jersey. Yes, yeah, I, I still I, do too. I definitely, I definitely told you, it's my mom's Okasinasalo jersey. Yeah, yeah, I, ha- I, I have. have it. Um, it barely fits me. Yeah, I have the uh, the '90s black jersey. It's just, it's insanely tiny. It's mm-hmm. and it has my number like the '98 that I normally wear on the jerseys that I got customized. So it was yeah, one in of those between things. in between McDavid and Gretzky, Garcia, <laughs> yes. goat. Yes, that that '98 is the best number. That that is the number I wear. Is the best. It is the best. Sorry, I think that's all it Jake Voracek's like hold my beer. <laughs> we got a Joel saying that the Penguin Stadium Series jersey was pretty. Which one? You t- which one? The yellow one or the black one? The one they wore in 2017 or 19? Please say 19 because the 17 one was hot garbage. And that the 17 one is what they made into their alternate though, <laughs> for a couple of seasons. Yeah, but that that jersey sucks. <laughs> we got Cameron saying the uh, Citizens Bank Park Winter Classic jersey should be their main. Like, yeah, I w- I wouldn't mind if the even though I don't expect them to rebrand it, like rebrand the jerseys at any time. Like I do think they should either try something different or go back to one of the other jerseys. One of the, one of my favorite, can't believe I'm saying this. One of my like favorite pens jerseys is like the robo pen. That's the only one I actually like. Yeah, that That's the one I want them to bring back. Yeah. That's the one I want them to bring that back so badly, but like, I don't think they're, they're, they're blue alternate from 2011, the dark blue, that Jersey wasn't bad. The 08 Winter Classic is good. I hate their jerseys now. Um, I don't. I mean, Adidas. I don't like their Adidas one. I didn't mind them with like the weird yellow that they had from like the gold. Oh, like the uh, like the dirty gold jerseys. Yeah, until like 2016, and then they went back to the, the old. But they yeah. went they went back to like the old colors like randomly. Like it wasn't announced. Like it was throughout like the playoff run. They just started wearing it more. Yeah, they brought back the that that is an alternate jersey, and they were just probably like. They're bringing it back in the playoffs. I think they were playing well. Things. Was one of the reasons why, and then they just kept it. It was the same thing the Flyers did when they brought back the orange jersey. They started wearing it more when they went into the playoffs, and then okay, mm-hmm. it's becoming the home jersey. They transitioned the black into the alternate, and mm-hmm. then he, hello, Winter Classic, bringing back the white jersey. Okay, the white jersey is coming back as the road jersey. It's 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 one of those things. Yeah. So, and I I would I would like them to try something different with this with the jersey concept because I. I don't know. I, I'm I'm kind of, like even though I like the jerseys the Flyers currently have, I just feel like it's it's kind of overdone now. They've worn it for so long, like for like this span of the decade. I wish the Flyers would go back to a black home jersey. Yes, but they're not gonna. Like even if you want to go back to the oranges, maybe try something with the old Winter Classic jersey. 
from 2012, try to bring that back as a home jersey, see what you can do with it as a road, and then maybe mesh in something as an alternate. I don't know. But the, yeah, the Flyers need to. <laughs> that, that's just my. <laughs> Wait, what are you trying to say, uh, Joel? This feels like a sacrilegious conversation. What do you mean by that? <laughs> and then Joel says he's also a sucker for yellow Penguins jerseys. I don't know. Yellow on a jersey, only. I know we're getting so sidetracked on jerseys. Really, it always happens. It always happens, but yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's why I like the comments. Yeah, because you talk about anything. Yeah, basically. Yeah, the Flyers <laughs> podcast with Penguins jersey talk. Uh, the, the, the definitely come back to you, the Florida podcast where we talk about Penguins jerseys. <laughs> then you got the uh, yeah the black the Flyers black jerseys from the late two thousands. Yeah, but that's what probably their best black jersey. Like I'm I'm fine with the alternate that they have now. I, I just think it's kind of boring. It's kind of the same, my same feel with the orange jerseys now. They're just kind of boring because they've worn it for so long. I just want something different. Like, even if you're going back to those black jerseys, the orange jerseys from the 90s, like, I'm fine with that. But just, like, something different, in my honest opinion. I yeah. do feel like if the Flyers ever go through, like, a, like when Drew, like, finally retires or something happens, like, when you finally go for a rebuild when you need to, I think that the Flyers will finally change the jerseys and maybe just go in a different direction whenever that happens. But that's still probably a, a long way away from now. So, yeah, those black jerseys, those orange 3D jerseys, that's what I grew up watching. And I know, Chris, you grew up in the span of the mediocrity, so you grew up with the orange jerseys that they wear currently. Yeah, the all the and then the, really the Winter Classic. The yeah. yeah, so you really didn't have that much to grow up on, sadly. Yeah. I, like I, I wish you were like <laughs> you were able to watch the team where they did wore the uh the 3D logo jersey because I feel like <laughs> well, the problem with me was I picked the worst time to start watching them. Because the team was bad and then Reebok went through the phase where they just could not make a single good piece of merchandise for legitimately any NHL team. So like you had the weird styled hoodies and the shirts and the hats. Dude, it was just like I Reebok was good for a while. But then as the years went on, like they just were just so bad. And then Adidas kind of took over. But like now it's all fanatics. And I, I don't know about you, but I really don't like the fanatics. Oh, like, the fanatics are terrible. Fanatics are terrible. Yeah. The hats are bad. The uh the, ju- I don't the like material. the jerseys. The jerseys yeah, the, they, they're not real, and it's hard to get the good Adidas ones. Yeah. Like my reverse retro is the Adidas one. And the, I just don't – I don't like the way the logo is stitched on the Fanatics. Oh, yeah. It, the, it looks like it's like a, a steam press, but it's not. You it's I mean? the – the Fanatics material is weird because I feel like they're ma- the Fanatics jerseys are made more for comfort than anything. Like the Adidas ones but that the Adidas they have. Adidas ones comfortable as hell. Oh, yeah, they are. And it's, and now the Adidas when they're making the, uh, the new prime green jerseys that came out this year of the recycled material. There's a lot more detail in the Adidas jerseys. And even on the old Adidas jerseys, too, there was just so much detail in the jersey, especially on the logos and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's like the, like mainly... the rim on the Flyers logo is thicker. Yeah. Like, I think a lot of teams actually have the thicker logo, but you can definitely tell on the Flyers jersey. Yeah, the, the jerseys this year are going to have a lot more detail on it with mm-hmm. the uh, new Prime Green. The logos especially are going to have a lot more detail in them. Like even if you go to... Like like the when I look at like the collection that I have of jerseys in my closet, like the one that sticks out to me most is the Blackhawks jersey, just because of all the chain stitching that's in the logo. 
Yeah. Like that Blackhawks jersey in Adidas is really good. The white one, right? Or is it red? The the, the red one. The red one, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Kylo. I only buy the Adidas all Fanatics. The Fanatics suck. Yeah. They're they're terrible. Mm-hmm. Like the, the 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 logos can bend, they can fold over. Like you can really ruin the logo. Yeah, and then you the get like, and then there's sometimes if you bend them, there's like a crease in them. Yep. Like in the Adidas one, my my the the reverse retro one I have, the logo kind of bent a little bit. It looks perfectly fine. It's just the way it lays on me looks weird, but it doesn't look weird when you're looking at it. Yeah. It's like when I try to look back at like jerseys that I do want <laughs> jerseys from my China for thirty dollars. No. I have a couple of China jerseys. My Voracek, Vor- my Voracek Winter Classic one actually looks like there's bubbles in the Flyers logo because it's so fake. It looks like yeah, there's like a crumbled up paper bag inside the logo. Oh, yeah. that's that's what a lot of the uh, overseas jerseys are like for mm-hmm. all teams. But I, dude, but, I don't care. Yeah, like, don't... A, like a ton of my Phillies jerseys are China jerseys. Like a ton of my Sixers jerseys are. Like the like I have one China jersey that I wanted to test on, and I got like a Blues Tarasenko jersey like a while ago. And I wanted to test it, what it looked like. And it was like, it was not that bad for a knockoff what I got for it. But I'm just like, compared to Adidas, it's completely different. Yeah. It's, uh, I have two, one, I have two Phillies jerseys. And it's not really even really a Phillies jersey. It's um, Philadelphia A's. It's a Jimmy Fox jersey. My dad got it. And he gave it to me because don't fit him anymore. And then I have a Bryce Harper one. That the pat this like the patch the Phillies patch that's stitched, but the uh the back is steamed. Harper the Harper and three it's a Harper jersey that is uh steamed on, but everything else is stitched. Yeah, it's the uh I know when you buy them at the Phillies store, I think they don't sew them. I think they steam them on. It's the same mm-hmm. thing like if you do it at the Flyers store in the Wells Fargo Center. I think they steam them instead of stitch them. Really. I think I think I'm not sure if they used to, but I remember like when you go into the store, like they would have the jersey center and they would like it's it's steam pressed on when they did it. That's what I remember from the most part. But it's not in the store anymore. Is that where you're looking at the TV? No, it's a no, it's a double for the uh, Astros. No one no one scored though. That that can't yeah, that's in Fenway, right? Yes, yes, it is. And we got a Jason saying he has the uh, old '90s black jersey at the Nike brand. Yeah, it's. It's like weird when I look at Flyers jerseys, when I try to get them for my collection, like some of them are still very hard to find. Like the um the Winter Classic jersey, like even if it's if it's the alternate version without the patch, that's still impossible to find. Why don't you just get it and then take the patch off? I can no, it's like even like finding it in my size, that's the problem. Uh-huh. Like I do see like the Winter Classic versions on eBay, but like they're not in my size. That's the problem. Yeah. Like I don't mind if it has the patch or not. Like, like I would, I would gladly take the patch if it has it. Mine has the patch, but it's the, it's really, it's I I don't know if it's supposed to be the alternate, or if it's supposed to be the winter classic. But it has the patch on the shoulder. But do, you remember the one year they did in the Cup final, the Rangers Kings Cup final, they did the patch on the, on the shoulder. the shoulder. Yeah, and they never went back to it. I think the Rangers had to do that just because of the way their logo is, because their yeah. logo takes up that one spot where the patch goes. Yeah, it's this, it's the same thing with even though Detroit probably does it on the different side because I know Detroit's one of those teams that has the captaincy on the other side of the, on the left side of the or the right the logo side of the jersey. Looks. Yeah, yeah. It's it's one of those weird things, but um, 
I'm trying like yeah, the winter classic jersey is hard to find, or just that alternate in general. I would assume the 50th anniversary jersey is hard to find, but I already have one of those. Um what else? Who do you I have? Feel like the, no, I have my name on the 50th anniversary jersey. Uh. I got that stitched when they uh sold them. I'm trying to think as well. Um I'm I think the 3D logo could it's I feel like it's hard to find and also easy to find at the same time. It's just depend depends on what they're selling them for on eBay. Mm-hmm. The black jersey, I think, is a little difficult to find. The white yeah, but jersey. that you can get in store though, and on Adidas's website. Not the one they wear now, the old one. Oh, you can't like get the, really. Like the Reebok version, I feel like that's more difficult to find than the like the old CCM version. I feel, I think, because I still need to get that black one, but I'm just like trying to decipher if I want. Like, it all depends on brand too, because. Like the orange 91, it's like a pro player version. Like there's so many different brands too with these jerseys, especially like when they were in the 90s and the early 2000s. You got like pro player, you got CCM, you got Coho, you got Nike. There were so many different brands. And we are so off topic. It's not even funny, but that's the that's the beauty of everything. Yeah. Uh, Joel says he used to have a Brisgala 2012 Winter Classic jersey. Oh boy. That that is probably one that you hang up, just because Brzezgalov. <laughs> That's a shame. Had a, yeah, Kylo Green says there's a fake Flyers jersey that is script and it has a black and orange stripe. It's so nice though for a fake. I'm trying to think of what you're talking about, because there have been a lot of fake Flyers jerseys in the past. It's if you the look at the black jer- one with the black logo and the orange think- letters. I think that's not a fake jersey. I think Reebok did this for every team. It was like um like a fashion jersey that you just buy. I think it was something like that. But yeah, that definitely was a nice jersey. And also, if you look back at the 2012 Winter Classic, like someone for some reason made like their own image of what the jerseys were going to be for both teams. The Flyers had the Quaker style jersey, the Philadelphia Quakers style jersey, like the like the Halloween color jersey, the orange with like the 20 million black stripes on it, and it had the word marked flyers on it. And then just like all, all the Chinese websites just started making all the knockoff jerseys for that specific picture. And I still see people wearing it to this day. Like some a lot of people like just jumped the gun and bought that jersey. <laughs> yeah. Just because the <laughs> and no, Joel I, says that. I know exactly what you're talking about. I remember those. And Joel says the NHL needs city jerseys so badly. I think Adidas is eventually going to start doing that because they have it with the reverse pressure last year. They're doing something this year. I don't think teams are wearing it, but they're calling it the classic series. And I think it's like six or seven teams that are a part of it. It's the Penguins. It's the Tampa Bay Lightning. I think the Los Angeles Kings, the Quebec Nordiques, the this, this Golden Seals, and the Sharks, I think, are the, are the teams that are involved in that. I think a series of jerseys and I think next year it's rumored that Adidas is going to do something similar to the reverse retro brand or just collection and make something different. So for every team, I think, I think that's what it's rumored to be from what I remember. Yeah. I mean, look, I really like Adidas. I just wish there would be, they would put more into some of them. Like I wish the flyers would get a different Jersey, but they're not going to. Yeah. You never know if, that's why I wish like some of the teams like I wish they kept the reverse retro as an alternate. A team like Arizona, I wish they kept that purple jersey as their alternate. The Rangers, I wish they kept the Lady Liberty. Yeah, Arizona is going full Kachina now. They don't even use that logo anymore. But I mean, for the reverse retro, it had the Kachina head on it. Yeah, that is so, true. I mean, I that, mean like that, you could have used that, that. Was a great jersey. 
that when they played Minnesota and they that jersey pairing, yeah, the purple, <laughs> the wild one's so nice, man. Yeah, I'm sure, like the what like I know I don't think the wild are ever going to transition into those colors, but I kind of wish they did for the winter classic to bring back the North Stars colors again, just wear green, but they went with their design that they have now, but yeah. Yeah, I'm tr- I I want to think if they do something like that again, what the Flyers do? For like do they bring back a different winter like the winter classic jerseys or something like that or I think the Flyers go the 3D logo if they go an alternate again. If they for a couple games they go like a could you imagine that? Like an Adidas like chrome look? How good that would look? I don't know. I, I would I would mind it because like that's your even though that jersey is ugly, I love it. <laughs> I love yeah, it because I grew up with exactly. it. And you got Jason saying that he tell he keeps telling his friend who's an Islanders fan that the uh, Fisherman jerseys are coming back. I don't think they are going to because the Islanders have had so many chances to do that. But Lou Lamorello in the in the front office, he's not he's such a boring guy. He's such like a mm. basics, so boring. You can't have beards only in the playoffs. He's not going to bring the Fisherman back. He's not going to allow that. Like that, like the Islanders had a perfect opportunity to do that last year. They didn't do it. It's it's the same thing for the Penguins. They have the perfect opportunity now to bring back the Robo Penguin. I don't think they're going to do it either. I just, because I feel like some teams they try to hide away those looks just because it reminds them just of you know the bad times. Like, but the Islanders and the Fishermen, they weren't a good team when they wore the finish Fishermen, and it was probably one of the worst logos in sports at that time. So they're they're not going to bring it back. But it's got such a cult following. Same with the Fishermen. Like everybody hated yeah. it. Yeah, the Robo Penguin. I I don't think people hated the Robo Penguin. It's just that the Penguins weren't that good of a team where they wore that jersey. So it's probably yeah, so one they of probably hated the jersey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, uh, yeah. Kylo also says the Flyers should get some inspiration from the Phantoms and add some purple into the jersey. Man, if the Flyers made a style jersey in the Phantoms, what they used to wear in Philadelphia, I would love that honestly. Yeah. Like they don't have they don't have to go purple, but if you go into that similar design. Like if you just added like gray, like like they could do a lot. Like I'm trying to color jersey, because like if I look back at some of those phantoms jerseys from when they first came into Philadelphia, the purple ones like always going to be the best. Yeah, that purple jersey is amazing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I know we are like we're only hour and ten mark, so I guess. I don't know, Chris. Should we end it right here? Do you think we should continue talking the jerseys? What do you think? Because we completely got off everything that we were talking about. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I think we had a pretty good, pretty good show. I mean, um, yeah. I mean, it's uh, tomorrow's game will be fun, and um, obviously we went way too into depth about jerseys. jerseys, which is usually like a summer topic, not two games but... into a season topic, but. <laughs> <laughs> Nevertheless, uh, we pretty much we talked about everything: home opener, Kraken game, Frost, all that stuff. Boston tomorrow should be fun. Yeah, definitely should be fun. So hopefully, you people are going to be in tune for that. It's the Flyers' first nationally televised game of the season, regular season actually, and the first broadcast on TNT and all the new things for the regular season. So that should be exciting for tomorrow. And yeah, we'll definitely have a podcast up most likely after maybe this game or wait until after the Florida game. We have to decide on that. So definitely stay tuned for everything there. And also just for everything for the Painted Lines, don't forget to check them out on everywhere they are, YouTube, social media, wherever. Same thing goes for our separate YouTube channels that we're live streaming on right now. 
Flyers Fan Mania 93 for Chris, TTP Sports for me, and all the various Twitter accounts that we're streaming on. My Twitter account, Amadeo Grassi at 98. You got the Florida Pod Twitter. You got Chris's Twitter at underscore Chris Mayer. You got the TPL Twitter. There's a lot of things they have to go and follow. Definitely go and check those out. Also, if you look in the description of the YouTube video, you'll find the Florida Pod merch website. Definitely go if you want to fly, get flyered up. Or definitely check out Chris's merch for Flyers Fan Mania 93. You can get that nice Flyers run on donkey shirt. That's probably going to be one of his best sellers. That's not That's not on uh, – I actually don't have that up right now. Oh, you don't? No. Copyright. I, I'm trying to figure out a way to put that back up. But stay oh, tuned yeah. on that. I might, I might have that up soon at some Oof. point. I, I didn't want to run into a copyright issue with the whole run on slogan from Dunkin' Donuts. So I have to try to figure out a, a way I can throw that back up. Okay. So definitely stay tuned for that, everyone. So for this edition of the Florida Podcast, thank you all for joining in. I am your host, Amadeo Garcia. He is Chris Mayer. And we will see you next time. And hopefully the Flyers will get a win tomorrow against the Boston Bruins.